Oh my God! They are actually playing football in pads, and like it's looking amazing, and we're all excited, and we're a flutter, and star of show Adam Beasley is here, and and we're gonna find out if he used the impressive phrase that we trotted out last week. Adam Beasley, did you say to your wife at any time in the last seven days, "Hey, babe"? Relax. <laughs> uh, survey says I did not. I, uh, I, I self-preservation is a strong instinct in, in every fiber of my being, and I do not want to be attacked. I, I really know that that's not the reason. The reason is that the proper uh, context did not come up. The moment <laughs> did not arise, and I'm sure that you're holding that uh, moment. In your uh, quiver of, of uh, you know, arrows that you will be able to use at whatever point you deem necessary. You know, it's the, the moment will probably be like mid-December, and I was like, hey, babe, we're spending Christmas in Las Vegas. That's probably when that will happen. And she'll look at me cross-eyed, and uh, I'll be flying to Las Vegas by myself. Hmm, yeah, I don't think that was the context that I expected or suggested that you use it in, but that's all right. Let's move on to some football, shall we? There's a there's a lot of football to talk about. I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. It's only two practices, and there were some certainly some warts we saw out there the first two days, but I'm kind of encouraged. And you know why I'm, well, I'm kind of encouraged? Because it doesn't look like utter garbage, because it kind of looks like a real football practice. And I am sure the plays they're running are simplistic. I am sure the defenses they're calling are, are pretty basic. But they look kind of competent out there. The defense does. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I saw some gaping, gaping holes opened up by that big, beefy offensive line with, like, I mean, that, that line's got to be a total of 1,500 pounds. I mean, they are massive up front. And uh, I, I do remember seeing Jordan Howard running wild in the secondary on more than one occasion because the offensive line got off their blocks. Jordan Howard running wild. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, let me, let, let me agree with you. The offensive line is, is about the biggest Dolphins offensive line I've seen since the Bill Parcells era. Bill Parcells liked big, uh, strong um, proto-typical proto, uh, size athletes, and he got those along the line and other places. Of course, it didn't necessarily uh, result in championships, but they look good, and this line, when they get together, they look good. Yeah, and and you, you, you mentioned the beef. I mean, when, when Solomon Kidney walks on the field, it's like Jurassic Park. You see the ripples in your... Uh, and your water glass going wild because he, he's an earth mover. I mean, that guy is – he's a mountain of a man. And I know we cannot – full disclosure up front, we cannot discuss the intricacies of the depth chart. All we can say is that uh, <laughs> we've seen some younger players getting some reps with elite players or some leading players is probably the better word than elite. And, uh, and, and, and we, we heard Ted Karras tell the group, that uh, Solomon Kinley has been working next to him. Now, he can use your imagination in what context, but I'm just going to say this. He was the offensive lineman that we were, we, we were hyping the least, 
And he's been impressive, man. I think he's, you know, you, you plug him into one of those guard positions, and uh, my guess is Eric Flowers is going to be the left guard. So, again, you can use your imagination as to where he might be used. But I, I, I'm encouraged. I, I, you know, I, he, he looks like he belongs. And there's a ton of – there have been a long line of Dolphins offensive linemen that uh, their second padded practice do not look like they belong at all. And, and, and then you have Dolphins offensive linemen who are in their, you know, 80-second practice with the team, like <clears throat> Michael Dieter, who still can't get it together. So he is – he arrow up on Solomon Kinley, I'll say that much. Well, you mentioned Michael Dieter. Michael Dieter is a backup, and he's lost his starting left guard job. And Eric Flowers is going to be the starting left guard for this team this year. And if he's not – they made a horrible mistake in free agency because they paid him $10 million a year to play starting left guard. And that's where he's going to be, and that's where he's going to start against the New England Patriots, and that's that. And Michael Dieter, sayonara from that starting position, my friend. But, 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 but center, right? He could be the starting center. No. He's not going to be the starting center because, oh, yeah, they play, they paid uh, Ted Don't Call Me Alex Karras <laughs> to be the starting center. So, hmm, let me see. Michael Dieter, I thought, this is where I'm surprised. I thought that Michael Dieter would have a chance to compete for the starting right guard spot. It doesn't look like that's going to – that's going to happen. At it, do, it doesn't look like, and again, we're only two practices in, that he's part of their plan at all at right guard. It doesn't look like. Now, obviously, next week they might roll out a whole brand new offensive line because offensive line coaches in their infinite forever wisdom, they love to mix and match and find position flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> Except that in finding position flexibility, they don't find starters. So, you know, or chemistry or cohesion by the start of the season. I've heard this for 20 years now, and it drives me nuts. It makes me want to, like, address my wife with a, hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that. Well, uh, just, let, let, let me ask you this. Would you be at all surprised, and again, we're, we're being coy because we have to, but would you be at all surprised if the, the, the five linemen we've seen running with Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, would be the five offensive linemen that we see week one? Would that surprise you? Would that surprise me? No, it would so, not. So they, they do have a chance to, to build that chemistry, and, and honestly – they 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 were doing a lot they've been doing a lot of guessing because uh, uh, they, they they've seen Danny Isadora up close they've seen you mentioned Michael Dieter up close they've seen Shaq Calhoun up close uh, obviously they've seen a lot of Jesse Davis up close but a lot of these other guys they're they're, they're just guessing they had uh, you know half speed practices the last two weeks more or less and and this is this is when it gets real and they've got to, I mean. I mean, the Chiefs play three weeks from two, Thursday. I mean, it, it, the season's going to be here in a blink of an eye. So maybe they're just keeping their fingers crossed that this is the right starting five, and they're giving them the next month to get it together. Okay, but here's the here's the problem with that idea. Yes, they could be onto something with this group, 
except that they're going to give other guys a chance. They're going to give Robert Hunt a chance to develop a little bit and push Jesse Davis as the right tackle. They're going to see if, in fact, Austin Jackson is their starting left tackle or not. And if he is, then God bless him because he's got the ability. And if he's not, then God bless Julian Davenport because he's got the experience. We're going to see. There's- yeah, I, I would say Julian Davenport needs some divine intervention because, whoo, uh, we, uh, I was uh, – you and I, again, we should paint a picture for our listeners. We don't see each other anymore. We are at the same place covering the same practice, and I still have not seen you in person since December. Oh, no, it was a combine. February is the last time I've actually crossed – cross paths with you um but but down on my neck of the woods the one the, the neck of the woods where i have to be uh, tested every day uh which by the way three for three woo-hoo, three uh, tests three negative results i like that Very uh, nice. but 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 down on my neck of the woods the uh you know the the, the talk has been that davenport has been getting abused in one-on-one drills just absolutely whipped so yeah there there, there might be there i know austin jackson's I mean, he's he's basically out of diapers, right? He's twenty twenty one years old. He's just a kid, but maybe they see, you know, <laughs> a role with athleticism, and we can coach him up because we know what we got in Davenport. It's the same story as with uh, Eric Flowers and with Ted. Don't call me Alex Karras, and with all these other new guys that they paid money to or invested high draft picks in, they're supposed to start. If they don't, then, you know, it's like man bites dog. But they're supposed to start. But I'm not going to give them the dog bites man right off the bat. I'm not. So, rookie, show me. Prove it to me. Let's well, uh, yeah, and, 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 and we've seen a lot of the rookies. You know who else has been impressed with the times? You know, Aikman Agony. And, and he's had and to play – yeah, he's had to play some significant uh, roles because Avian Howard is – is on all not only one but two lists that forbid him from practicing, both the visibly unable to perform list and the COVID nineteen list. And I mean, X has been out for more than a week now, I think. So he hasn't been one of those guys that goes on the the COVID list for precautionary reasons and is back two days. I'm not saying definitively that he has COVID, but contextual clues would suggest that there's something going on there. So, at what point do you become concerned that Xavier Howard, who had injury issues his rookie year, had injury issues last year, and now is having health issues this training camp. At what point are you concerned that this is a thing? Uh, I, I will tell you not only how concerned I am, but how concerned that Dolphins should and probably are uh, as soon as we get back from this break. I repeat myself. How worried are you, Adam? Well, Brian Flores knows – we have one one-hundredth the information uh, that Brian Flores has about this situation. And Flo was asked point blank today, are you preparing as if you won't have X for week one? And he says, yes, we have to prepare that way. Uh, because, as I said, there are two massive hurdles that Xavier Howard needs to clear before he can be back. And hurdle number one, obviously, is, 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 is passing three consecutive COVID tests. Making sure that you're you're no longer no longer infected and uh, infecting infective I, I don't know that you can no longer infect infectious that's the word infectious um, and two 
What country uh, were you born in, by the way? Uh, Central PA, it's a whole different world. We have our own words up there. Okay. Uh, it, 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 we have infectious personalities, if nothing else. Um, but uh, so X, say X gets back and say it takes another week, which if he has COVID, optimistic. I mean, it can take three weeks to come back from it. So let's just say for the sake of argument, he gets cleared next week. Well, he hasn't rehabbed in the facility since he's gotten sick. Or has gone on the list, I'm sorry to be more precise. Um, so they don't know for sure what his knee is going to look like after being away for two weeks. Um, and then he comes back and he has to pass a physical, which we don't know when that will happen. And say he clears those two hurdles, then he's got to get in game shape because he hasn't gotten in game shape yet. He hasn't been in a single practice. My guess is when he, if, 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 if he's sick, he's not out running gassers right now. So uh, we saw Eric Flowers this week. He, he came back after a long stint on the reserve COVID-19 list, and they've had to pull him each of the last two days because he's gassed because it's 150 degrees outside, and he's probably not in the best you know, cardiovascular condition. So let's do the math, Armando. We're, what, 26 days away from the opener now? And, uh, he, I mean, a lot of things got to happen really quick for X to be able to be on the field in Foxborough. Um, and then you asked broader concerns. I think if you gave if you gave Brian Flores true serum and gave Chris Greer true serum and, and you asked them, did you make a mistake extending Xavier when you did, they would say absolutely. Because um, he wasn't, you know, they had another year. They could have franchised him if they had to. He would have probably been making the same against the cap that he is now. And, and they would have had a lot more flexibility. Um, you know, there's there, there, he's supposed to be their best player. He's the second highest paid player. He is their most accomplished player. He's supposed to be their best player. And right now, you can't count on to be on the field. Speaking of their best players, the quarterbacks are not among those. No. Um, no. And no. and so, uh, you, and, and God bless cornerbacks with a C. They're important. They they they're part of the puzzle, but quarterbacks win and lose games, and dang it, Fitz throwing into double coverage, just chucking it up there, Yeah, uh, that bothers me a little bit. That's like Fitz, Fitz bad boy. That's not <laughs> Fitz magic. I didn't want to say Fitz tragic, but that's not good Fitz. Well, and it, it, it's also not a good example for – and we waited, by the way, 14 minutes and 55 seconds before bringing up the name Tua Tungabailoa, which I think is a personal record for us in the last two years. Um, it's not exactly a great example for the young guy who, let's be honest, hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire either through, three day, through two days. Um, and, again, they're doing – the, the, the plays they're calling for him are comfort food upon comfort food upon comfort food. It's bootlegs and dump-offs, it's screen passes – and his favorite route in the world, the slant. That's, I mean, I, I haven't seen him take a single shot in team drills. I know he connected with uh, Jakeem Grant on Monday on a deep pass, but that was in one-on-ones. They haven't been asking him to do anything yet. And, and, and Armando, this is going to sound silly. It's going to sound crazy. But he was asked to throw a couple of out-route sideline side throws, and the ball kind of fluttered the last couple of days. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hitting any alarm bells, but – he doesn't exactly look great either. So uh, we, we thought quarterback was going to be a position of strength, and I'm sure it's going to get much improved in the days and weeks to come. But they haven't been great so far. So far what we're seeing is the 
Tua's being redshirted while practicing uh, Tua. That's what we're seeing so far. I, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I want to jump in one more time. One more time, and that was very rude of me to interrupt, but this, this is important information. Uh, multiple people inside the organization roll their eyes when you ask about a quarterback, a quarterback competition. There is no quarterback competition. Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting week one. Sorry, continue. I apologize. Right. Now, say that tomorrow to Brian Flores. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because multiple people within the – everybody – look, everybody knows it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. But everybody knows that Ryan Fitzpatrick, God bless him, he's not – they're not deciding on the quarterback for the year. They're deciding on the quarterback for the for the season opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, if he comes out and he does great, great. Last year he lasted two games before he got benched. Remember that? Do you, do you think they would be? And, and again, yes. If, if if he if they get blown out by combined eighty points again or whatever it was the first two weeks of the season, Fitz will not be starting week three. But I think there's a better chance to be Josh Rosen than Tua Tagovailoa. Which leads me to two things. Number one. Josh Rosen has been the most impressive-looking quarterback of the three, in my humble opinion. I, I, I agree. Now, granted, he's thrown against, I can't say this, but not the same competition that Ryan Fitzpatrick is. I'm not going to say Fair. what competition is. It's, it's not the same defense. But he's not closing his eyes and throwing lollipops into the, into the secondary. Also, he's not throwing to the same caliber of receivers True. as Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, by the way, the back end of the Dolphins receiver core – Ugh. Oh, oh, oh was it the, the Mac Hollinses of the world? Oh, oh, not good. Anyway, and then number two, the Dolphins are going to be 2-0. and oh. <laughs> They are. <laughs> they are. So you're on, you're on the Beasley AFC East Championship train. No. I'm just I'm on I'm off of the New England Patriots are a good team train and I'm off of the Jacksonville Jaguars are having a 20 whatever it was 16 or 17 redo. That's not <laughs> happening again. Well, they 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 they, they do have the Bills week 2. And, oh, never mind. <laughs> They're one and one and one, two and one, two and one. I'm calling it two and one. Okay, uh, the, the, the serious question. Uh, the the Patriots announced today that they will not be allowing fans uh, early in the season to attend their games. Will there be any home field advantage? Which the Patriots have had by far the greatest home field advantage in in, in certainly in NFL, maybe in pro sports uh, over the last decade. Will that be completely neutralized now? The the Patriots have indeed, as you said, have had by far the best home field advantage. And their home field advantage in December and January has been outrageous for 20 years. Outrageous. And the Dolphins went last year, I believe it was December, <laughs> with a very bad roster and beat the Patriots 27-24. to 24. Now, I mean, maybe Brian Hoyer is the, a better quarterback than Tom Brady? No. Maybe Jared Stidham... Turns into the next Dan Marino? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe Cam Newton is the MVP candidate that is ready to take a team to the Super Bowl again, like he did in 2015? Nope. 
but I don't see those things really changing between now and September 13. I'm going to, uh, and by the end of the show, I'm going to, I'll make sure I have information. I'm going to look at the betting line for week one that's set already, I'm sure, uh, for Dolphins-Patriots. And just off the top of my head, I'm guessing it's going to be Patriots minus five and a half. And I would be all over the Dolphins on that line uh, for, 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 for entertainment purposes only, this advice is, by the way. So you agree with me, two and one. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and two and one with two uh, road victories when they're only lost again. <laughs> they're only lost in front of the cardboard cutouts at Hard, <laughs> Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, I mean, uh, so there's that. But the the local quarterback situation, and we've made light of it. At what point do you expect Tua to be like, you know, hey, uh, man, you're the number five overall pick. What are you doing? I think I've been on record before to say at the midway point, if the Dolphins are three and five or whatever, they'll they'll make a move. Uh, that's when they played the Jets twice, and, or they played the Jets back to back weeks. Um, I have to look at the schedule, but I, I think the the four game stretch is the teams were something were something crazy last year, like like I could combine ten or fifteen games under five hundred. It's the on paper that's the soft part of the schedule, uh, and that's assuming their offensive line stays together. Um, but yeah, they, they, you, you're right. You can't you, you can't redshirt the entire year. I don't care what Dan Orlovsky says, and he's you know he, he's no, he's forgotten more about football than I'll ever learn. But I think he's wrong to say that he, you can't play Tua until after Thanksgiving. It's that that would be a total loss season if they do that. He said that you can't play Tua until after the after, after Thanksgiving. And he, he said he would not play Tua uh, until at least week thirteen or fourteen. That is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Wow! I mean, God bless Dan Orlovsky, but you're going to make that... I guess you're getting paid to make outrageous statements, and so cha-ching. You made an outrageous statement. God bless you for that. But to make that statement without knowing to what degree the guy is progressing, to what degree he feels comfortable and healthy, uh, you know, what if he... What if he had come out yesterday and just lit it up? Would he still be saying, "Oh no, you can't play him until November"? Well, he his 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 logic is this: is that you're not winning the Super Bowl one way or the other this year, but you can seriously hurt your franchise. That if he he thinks that Tua should get an entire year uh, to get healthy and not play him before that. Are these men? Is uh, is this football? <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's a bunch of beta people talking about not playing and not playing until November and not doing this and not doing that. Tell that kid to shut up. Anyway, <laughs> my child is back. Oh, uh, oh, oh! Can, can can we just take a second, by the way? Tell, and, hey, babe. <laughs> uh, the uh, according to VegasInsiders.com, which is where I get all my betting information. Uh, the Dolphins are ding, 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 ding between five and a half and six and a half point road dogs week one. That's very tempting for someone who is a degenerate. But <laughs> <laughs> or someone who just likes money. I mean, or, I love money. Yeah, so there's that. There's that. Um, let's leave it at this, Adam, because this is, you know, a must discuss. It is a must discuss on this podcast. So, 
Harder name to pronounce, Tua Tungavailoa or Ray Maluga? Oh, I thought you were going to hit me with the Noah. <laughs> By the way, that's very funny. <laughs> I thought you were going to hit me with a Noah Igbenogany. No, I mean, I, I was, you know, we got to do what we got to do on this show. You know, before this year is out, we are going to have Ray Maluga as a guest on our podcast. <laughs> Ray, $40, dude. Come <laughs> on, what were you thinking? Ray, have you been back to club space recently? Ray, uh, how did you get to that 8 a.m. practice when you, when you left the club at 7? How did that happen? So I uh, on, uh, on on Sunday night, I was so excited about the, seeing your Miami Dolphins and pads uh, that I slept like garbage. I woke up at like 3.45 in the morning, and I was really tired. And, I was, and, and it occurred to me now, how the hell would I have gone through a football practice? And I had gotten a few hours of sleep, and I wasn't hungover. I mean, that, that, that might tell you about the, uh, the intensity of Dolphins practices back in the day. Not the first player to have ever done that. I believe Vontae Davis was another. Mm. I, believe, I believe there was also others that I'm not going to name. Mm. Um, not going to be the last, my friend. Well, it better, it better not happen this year or the entire team is going to get COVID. <laughs> On that happy note... We, uh, we leave you from this Dolphins in Depth podcast episode. We want to thank you for listening. We encourage you to listen every week. Star of show, Adam Beasley. Caddy of show, Armando Salguero. Happy to be with you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>